Hey, Peter. What's do up? Do you think if we weren't at the pumpkin all weekend last weekend, we would have been invited to Kayla's scary Halloween party? Do you think I've, we've, we've, we've got to be honest? No, I don't think so. I don't so. think we would have either. And I'm going to give her a chance to backpedal and see if she actually would have invited us. Yeah, Kayla. Why would. You've never even been to my house. I've been to your house before. My friends are really weird. You probably that's would like not, fire me. That's not. <laughs> that's Why would not we? the answer. I've been to your house. I've picked you up. I've never. Been, I've never been to your house. Yeah. Okay. So Why wasn't I invited to your party? I'm sorry. I'll next time. I'll pencil you in. Okay. I don't think I can make it. Uh, do you have more parties <laughs> than just Halloween? No, but since this one was so fun to do, I'm probably I I'm gonna I'm gonna go maybe like a friendsgiving, you know? Or we won't get invited or, to that one either. Yeah, that's true. It's called Friendsgiving, not coworker acquaintances. Are we not friends? <laughs> <laughs> We're not friends. This is all new. <laughs> We're Facebook this friends. New. This is are new. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think we are. I'm gonna Facebook friend you today just to. Why aren't okay, we? Why, why aren't we friends on F? Why aren't we friends? You guys FB? never go on Facebook. It's true. I actually, I was I gonna say what this social media thing. You wouldn't have been. We we wouldn't have been friends anyways. No. Because you never go on it. I'm not saying because we're not friends. Okay. Well, today's show will be very friendly, unlike our producer. I'm so mad at you right now. You need to stay up out in the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out in the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. You need to stay up out in the streets if you can't take the heat. Welcome to 10 Minutes with Tony Scott, Peter Rodney, Tony Scott here, <clears throat> presented by Breakaway Academy. Oh, am I being invited to this conversation? You are being invited. Mm. Mm. It's nice to be invited to things, isn't welcome. it? Welcome. Welcome in, Peter. Welcome. Welcome in. To be a part of this conversation. All right. I'm here. Ready to roll. Uh, lots to catch up on. Um, well, Kayla was partying. And, and having a really end. hard weekend, by the way. Did you catch that earlier? She's yeah, like, I did. Actually. Oh, I'm so tired from such a long weekend. Like, yeah, of partying. Well, we weren't exactly partying. Although a few people at the tournament were. I was not um, partying. You were partying. I, I went out with Robin the no. first night. That was I did. Fun. Well, that was fun. You didn't go out with us. We went. To oh Beatles. no, not Beatles. Yeah, we I went to, went to Newt's the next night with you, and I had a good time. We though. we went to Newt's. Got to go to Newt's on Friday night. Um, yeah. And I dropped the mic at about 10.30 and said, it's nice knowing you guys. I'm going to bed. Well, you didn't miss much. Rochester is a uh, sleepy town. That's an antiquated It goes to bed at 10 o'clock. They go to bed before that. Yeah. I can't believe you would close a bar at 10 p.m. on a Friday night. I was like, what is wrong? Are you not missing out on a lot of business there? Apparently not. I, I guess. Apparently not. So. But you can agree. It's nice to be invited to things. It really is. It really is. <clears throat> we invited everybody from the staff to come to uh, Newt's that night. It was fun. It was Being a good time. The whole staff. It was great. Uh, all right. Let's talk some hockey uh, at the Pumpkin. Um, Stillwater wins it. And Stillwater Woodbury wins, wins the big pumpkin. And 
Woodbury repeats as Little Pumpkin Champs. I think Woodbury might have a long run coming here of Little Pumpkin Championships until we can get Edina and Maple Grove to come down and stifle them. Maybe I don't even know. We if had they Maple Grove last them. year, and they didn't pull. They couldn't pull the trigger. No, they so. couldn't. That's a really, really good Woodbury Pee Wee eighteen. I couldn't really believe nice how team. good that was. They should be playing double A. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I just say that on public airwaves? I think they're a double A team. Let's see where they're at at the end of the season. I think they'll be a very good A team. I think they may be a semifinalist in Shakopee this year at the state tournament. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think they lost in the their team last year lost in the first round. Yes, I was there on Friday. They lost to Warroad, I believe. Ah, like, you can imagine what kind of game that was. Talk about know, a program. Nine you to, be playing nine to seven. Type of game. Was that crazy. was every game for Warroad down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like nine to seven, eleven to eight, seven yeah. to five. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay, so uh, we are going to name a player from each championship game that stood out to us, and yep. you're going to go to the white bracket, white bracket, first. orange bracket, little pumpkin, and big pumpkin. Starting with the white bracket, Wyzetta and St. Michael Albertville. Nicholas Barron. Is this the game that this uh, STMA won this one? Right. Shut up. <laughs> The horror of realizing that that video had gone out in a quick trip parking lot. And I'm watching it. I should, probably should have been watching so it, but bad. I'm watching it on my way home from Rochester and the entire uh, segment on this game. He's like, and the Knights win it. The Knights yeah. go away. I'm like, wait a second, Peter. You broadcasted this hockey game, and two and hours later, you wrong. gave us who got it wrong. Got yep. gave, wrong winner. I don't, so, you know what? I thought it was kind of funny. I, did I seem upset when I called you? No, you I didn't, but I was chuckling. Ups, I was upset because I couldn't believe that I'd forgotten that. I don't, okay. I also, I'm also upset there's not a way to edit specific clips out of iMovie and like the iPhone camera. You no. can't edit out specific clips. You can chop mm. it in half, but you yep. can't edit out specific Correct. clips, which is incredibly frustrating. Who stood off of you? You were on Baronivsky. Yep, Nicholas Baronivsky. Yep. Um, Matt Jasper, our esteemed videographer, who has played hockey at a high level and can recognize kids who are pretty good. He came into the little media office and he he said, you know, where does Wyzetta find these blue blue collar players or these blue chip players like Baronivsky? And I thought back on it and I was watching a replay of that championship game yesterday. And what stood out to me most about Baronivsky is obviously he's skilled. Okay. Yeah, he plays yeah. really hard both ends of the ice. But his face offs. He's got the he can win the face off to himself. He can do the little poke through the opposing center skates and then go after it. And on the power play in the offensive zone, he was winning draws perfectly on his back and it was textbook face off wins. That's cool. That's and cool. at the Peewee level, it's a huge advantage. My player from that game would be Wesley Cooper from STMA. I thought that Wesley the all, all we got he his he had a goal in the game that was unbelievable. Uh, snipe that he had. Uh, I really felt that all weekend when I saw their team, he was a guy who stood out to me. He played really, really well. He was a player of the game earlier in the weekend, too. Yes. Um, orange bracket. This was the, you know, the, the, the beautiful goal by Nolan Steele that yep. I still can't believe that I saw what I saw. I was in the penalty box because it was overtime and was going to hand out the championship trophy. And could not believe what I saw when he took that thing end to end. I had no idea it went in. From my angle, it looked like he, he fell over the pad and then missed the shot, and I thought they were going to go on the power play. But 
all of a sudden you just see a little biscuit wobbling over the goal line. Yeah, it was a beautiful goal. It's one of the better goals I've seen in a YHH event. I was yep. like, wow, that was incredible to win the championship nonetheless. So, yeah, In front of the hometown crowd, you always forget how good it is when Rochester makes it to one of these bracket finals yeah. because everybody comes out. Yeah, it was good. Really good crowd. Who's your guy from this uh, level uh, from Prior Lake, I got Jackson Perrin. Okay. So Ace Lack from Rochester, who had probably a dozen end-to-end rushes. Uh, really good speed, excellent balance for a peewee. But the one player on Prior Lake who could mitigate Lack was Perrin, and perfect poke checks. You can hear me on the broadcast just you know, drooling over Jackson Perrin's defensive ability. He was always in the right place at the right time. He was always covering for another defender if that other defender jumped up in the play. And his poke checks were textbook. He's not sweeping like he's got a broom, as you see some kids do. He's holding it, holding it, holding it, and then like a snake. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the hometown team, their goaltender, Earl Graff. Uh, Earl was outstanding in in that uh, championship game, and he was getting to the point where you could tell the Prior Lake players were getting frustrated. Yeah, and you know when they're getting frustrated, the goaltender is doing his job, and Earl was definitely doing his job. You know what I like most about Earl is that between every faceoff when the music is playing, Earl was dancing. Was he? To ev- every every song, you could just see his and goalies look so funny at this age because the equipment is so big on him. You just see his head kind of bobbling back and forth. I love that. They love him too. Uh, when he got named to the, uh, was we named him all our players? No, I don't know what happened. How he said his name. Oh, maybe he got a player of the game, and the player team loved it. They just loved the kid. Yeah. No, he came up to get the trophy. That was it. Uh, Oh. Earl, you get the trophy. You earned it for us. Yeah, he ended up with 29 saves in that game. Yeah. So, all right, let's go to the Little Pumpkin. Do you want to go first? Little Pumpkin, YZ's goaltender, Henrik Erickson, had 40. We can never – we can't come together on one number here. We know it was north of 40, 42, 46, yeah. whatever. 40-plus uh, saves in a shutout win in the semifinals, and he was named to the all-tournament team. I, I made that decision because I don't think that Wyzetta would have been in the playoff. They got in based on a tiebreaker and, oh, and yeah. made, made the most of it. Yeah, they got in a tiebreaker, and then he shut out Rochester on Sunday morning, and I watched at least half of that game. And I thought that he was the difference and one of the reasons they did, they got to the championship. And so I figured let's give him the award. He's the best goalie I've seen. And no offense to Pierce from Woodbury, but uh, he really was never tested as much as I thought Erickson was. So that's why I gave him the all-tournament award. In a game like that, the winning goaltender is typically overlooks just because of how much the offense scores. He made some good saves, though. He really did. Well, that I'm not saying he game. didn't make good saves. He was a player of the game earlier in the weekend, too. Alexander Pierce had a great weekend. But in a championship game where one team runs away with it, it's... But Wyzetta had a couple really good opportunities, especially early in the game. He made some really good saves. So hats off to Pierce on that one. Last but not least, Big Pumpkin. I'm going to have you go first on this one because I'm going to clinch it with our MVP. Yeah, this one was uh, kind of tough. There were so many names on that Minnetonka roster oh, that were so crazy. good all weekend. Um, but what stuck out to me most was Max Aldrich's ability 
to tame that power play. Oh, you're so, so good. Ste- Dean Stevens, Ozzy Ware, and Leighton doing are running kind of this hybrid overload low in the power play offensive yep. zone. And that's well and that's all well and good. Those guys run that overload really nicely with the give and goes and the whipping the puck around below the dots. But there has to be somebody at the top, like a point guard, who can shift the penalty killing unit. And Aldrich was able to do that. He would catch the puck on one end, he'd walk it into the middle, which forces that PK unit to twist, and then he'd whip it right back to Stevens or to Ware on that half wall. He ended up with six assists over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I just was really impressed with the way he controlled the opposing teams from the top of the what do you say overload umbrella whatever from the top of the circle there Hybrid overload. yeah he was good he was really good all weekend super calm player a lot of good d on that that uh, minnetonka team no surprise but he was the one who really stood out to me yep um last but not least uh jacks dorf uh the mvp who secured his place on the team's plaque trophy for the rest of his life with a magical performance um i still have watched the replay three or four times and still don't believe what i saw dean stevens was in the neutral zone resetting his team confidently as dean always is and jacks didn't care it was dean stevens he just didn't (laughs) care he went in and he got in underneath his stick stevens took a spill he went in on a little mini breakaway and beat Corona top shelf on a beautiful snipe, and that made it 3 nothing. and that made it really really hard for Tonka to come back at that point. I wouldn't say it was a dagger because Tonka did come back and make it close, made it 4-3. Yeah. But that third goal, as you know, if you've been involved with hockey, that three-goal lead is really hard to overcome yep. in hockey. And not, it wasn't over, but sure it was a big dagger for the ponies at that point would you rather have a two goal lead or a three goal lead three you take a three goal lead every time every time you like to see a kid who played he played A last year yeah he's getting his shot as a second year to play double and he's taking full advantage of oh my it. lord and then you know it, it was so great you know i wasn't sure who i was going to pick as the mvp and then with like whatever two seconds left he scored on an empty netter to get the hat trick i'm like hat trick championship game this kid had no idea this morning when he rolled out of bed that he was going to be the MVP of the tournament. I think he was pretty happy with his performance and pretty happy winning the pumpkin. There's a fine balance when picking an MVP where you try not to wait the championship game or pass games too yep. much. Because it is easy, and we notice this, I think, a lot, at least I do in summer tournaments, where a player will rack up an obscene amount of points. Like, like Kay Christensen in the single A, but Kay deserved it. No, 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 I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying that sometimes you look at point totals and it's so heavily weighted towards the first two games where you're not playing against the cream of the crop as you advance through bracket play, and you try not to overweight those early games. It's there's an the championship game should carry a significant amount of weight. It's the championship. You're playing against the other best team in the tournament. Right. Um, I will say this: I was I had no idea how we were going to get through that. If you look at you look at the forwards on Minnetonka, like doing and and doing and, and where and Stevens and Stinson, and guys, right? And you look at that; it's hard to just pick one, you know. And then you look at uh, O'Shea and Burke and the and the Vanek twins. Yeah. I'm like, how am I going to pick three forwards? It's just nearly impossible with the offensive production those guys put out. Uh, it was literally impossible. When so picking 
uh, Dorf on that one made my life pretty easily when he made that hat trick happen. Um, it was a fantastic tournament with fantastic skill. I, I, I couldn't believe uh, how well run the event was and how exciting it was and what a great job you guys did with the social media. I think it was fantastic. I was very pleased with our first winter tournament's performance on our end, and, and especially the, the players were fantastic. Felt uh, felt a little rusty. It's the first tournament of the year. You're trying to get into that groove. Yeah. Where you try to get at least four to five hours of sleep a night, and your body's got to adjust. You know what I've forgotten, and maybe because I thought the Fall Classic and PB Challenge were relatively easy compared mm-hmm. to, to, the, to the Pumpkin and some of the winter stuff where they're just bigger and bigger venues and more rinks, that kind of stuff. My back, wow, was I on my feet after Friday was just absolutely shot, you know. So you okay, Grandpa? I'm all right. But I will say this, uh, going back to um, the all-tournament team stuff, when I broadcast the quarters and the semis and the chip, I'm pretty certain I know who the, the, the 10, 11 players from the AA that I got, got it pretty narrowed down who are the first six guys we're going to name. You know, it's easy. You know what I mean? I say it all the time to to scouts. I'm like, you'd do yourself a lot of favors if you were scouting. Just go broadcast a couple games. You'll find out really quick as a broadcaster yeah. who the best players are. Whose name are you saying over, over, and, over and over and over? Again. And the one that's causing the other team all t- It may not even be calling his name, but you notice that he's causing all types of yeah. problems for the other team. That's where I would slot Jackson Perrin in because I don't know if Jackson had – a ton of right. points, points in that bracket just changes final. the game. Just but like every every time a, a Rochester player was carrying the puck down, there was Perrin with his stick out and and, and it plays. was really hard for me to keep Luca Vanek off because he was just so he made great passes, he made smart plays, and he was just impossible to get off the puck because he was so much bigger than everybody else. I yeah. thought he was definitely all tournament team worthy on that announced thing i'm positive when the video comes out for the pumpkin and you do your all tournament team list peter it's a a big all tournament team there are 12 forwards eight defensemen and uh four goaltenders are going to be promised that luke Vanek will be on that list because he was really dominant in that tournament so he's really good all right that's the good part of the pumpkin let's talk about some of the uh more negative sides to it um the obvious one to everyone out there is uh, Brainerd parent. It's documented. I'm not going to hide that. Um, on Twitter was there was a live barn clip put of parent throwing money at a um, referee after their game against Minnetonka. It's unfortunate that it happened, um, but I think all parties, not just YHH, Brainerd, um, the referees from the tournaments. Everybody handled it like adults, and I'm certain that the sanctions that that parent will face uh, will be positive, and only thing we can do is hope uh, that the, that behavior is changed and uh, we can move on from that. But he was removed from the tournament, and he will face safe sports. I think that's the right word. Yeah. Uh, training or something within the – uh, district and local level. Yeah, uh, according to the Youth Hockey Association in Brainerd, I believe the parent has been suspended indefinitely right. from all Baja-sanctioned activities. All right. 
we had one more event um, that needs to be addressed as well. Going forward. <laughs> yeah, going forward. We had, uh, and we're not obviously not naming names, uh, nope. not even naming the gender of uh, these parents were... Or the association. Or our association, but there were parents, uh, multiple parents, more than one, that were intoxicated. Uh, not just intoxicated, like, ooh, you know, two, two drinks, too many. You know, yeah. we're talking multiple drinks, too many, to the fact where they couldn't stand up, standing, stumbling. Uh, this is not behavior that we condone. Uh, nor does the rink in Rochester or any rink that we uh, will rent ice from, uh, that behavior will be dealt with. And I thought we did a nice job, the best of our ability, dealing with that as well. Yeah, it's, it's never, regarding both incidents, it's never as cut and dry as people on the internet think it is. Correct. Um, the, the Brainerd... The Brainerd thing, I, I give the Youth Association a lot of credit. They were right on it from the beginning. I know it doesn't look that way sometimes because everybody on the internet is calling for blood immediately. Yeah, it, the it, fact that Brainerd even responded was interesting to me. Yeah. I'm like, you don't, you're not required to respond, and we re didn't respond to that tweet because no, it, it wasn't really the proper place, and you could see the the vengeance that was on the internet in those comments i'm like yeah great good for you but uh, at the end of the day we've already dealt with the situation in yep. five minutes i was interviewed by the abc affiliate in rochester and explained what we did and how i thought both parties and he said and the, i remember the guy asked me is will they be banned and i'm like no because no. why would we hurt the kids <laughs> the kids didn't do anything wrong and we didn't kick them out and we kicked the parent out but we didn't kick the team out and i thought the team had a wonderful tournament and I was really excited to see them succeed and we became friends with them. In fact, I think one of them wanted a shout out because didn't one of them get shot in the puck in the, in the nut cup or something, didn't they, oh on Friday? God. And they thought it was so great that we they, heard that. They, so for the first, well, you get a shout out? I'm like, yeah, we'll see you now. For the first time in hist in Big Pumpkin history, Brainerd won its first two games in advance to the Elite yeah. Eight. Right? Yeah. That's a big deal. That's that's awesome. They went 0-4 last year. They come out, they win their first two games. And all one kid could say to me was, make sure you mention so-and-so who got hit in the, in the groin. <laughs> Uh, they they won two games or moving they on. They care the about the wins. They care about the grind. Care. He's like, make sure you make sure yeah. you write about how the kid got hit. Yeah, we won't. Grind. Yeah. So, but if we punished, there's a, a saying that I think applies to a lot of these situations. You don't punish the son or the daughter for the sins of the parent. No. And if we did that, we wouldn't have any teams. We'd be out of players sometimes. So, a little bit of grace goes a long way. Yeah. So, uh, note to self: we are not preachers we nope. if we want to do that we would have gone to seminary instead of we went to journalism school yeah it was, that was a bigger waste of time i'd probably make more money as an evangelist. wow evangelist. there you go probably um however i will say this just use your best judgment especially yep. if you're operating a motor vehicle um if you're you know having a beer in the parking lot make it a beer don't make it five beers uh that stuff we will make sure that we have as we and maintain our zero tolerance policy on this people can see you yeah 
<laughs> I, I said this on the in the ABC interview, um, and I, maybe I've said it on this show before. As a parent, um, um, and and I would say a passionate sports fan, I understand that. I call it the mask, and I said it on the, the interview. I said, yeah, you could take the normal accountant, normal housewife, the normal salesperson, and they are just normal people. But the minute the puck drops or the pitch is thrown or the ball's kicked off, a mask comes on you, and you don't even realize that you're wearing the mask. And then, thankfully, most of the times they don't react, they don't act like, you know, this animal inside the mask. Most times they don't, Right. But the minute the game gets over, they become the accountant again, or the salesperson, yep. or the housewife, or whatever. And it's 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 crazy. It's a, it's a it's a bad concoction. Uh, athletics and your own child, but things just uh, you, there's a reaction. There's a chemical imbalance there sometimes, and and we saw it on Saturday, twice. So moving forward, pace yourselves, yes. ladies and gentlemen. It's a good and word. And people like can it. see you, even if you think they can't. People I can like see it. you. Any. Besides Brainerd, any teams jump out at you that surprise you? I got one. I um, went two and three, but I still really liked what I saw. Why don't you go ahead with your Egan, third. Will Fondle. <laughs> that's a good team. Careful. If you get Egan on your schedule this year, do not overlook them. That's a good team. They had they had uh Edina a little bit of trouble on Friday night. Uh they remind me a lot of that that uh STMA group that that peewee team with ah. clark and monahan and those guys they remind me of that team the ones that took rogers to the brink of dawn yeah in the opening round of the blue ox last year yeah rogers ended up going to the finals yes yes um they got a kid who wears number one by the way is that is that where's number one is that a bold move that's bold almost move. more bold than 99 it's close yeah, yeah, no, because no, I've heard too many. But I've never. Oh, Montgomery. What was that? Monty Adams. He wore number one, didn't he, for Roseville? Yeah, he did. Yeah, but other than that, Jamison Priest. Congratulations, you You're come on down. One. You were number one, and he did do well. He had like seven points. So hats off to Jamison Priest for rocking the number one out there. Um, uh, Spring Lake Park yes. is going to be my my surprise team, shutting out Duluth East in the first round. Losing to Stillwater because everybody lost to Stillwater, and then beating that same Egan team, losing by one to. So Prior both Lake. of our surprise teams kind of found their way, didn't they? Yeah, and I don't remember it. you and I were talking with John Tranby after, and we couldn't remember if it was Spring Lake Park's first win at the Big Pumpkin. No, I don't think they went over, but it was their first first round win. It was their first first round. Win. No okay. question, they'd never been to the right side of that bracket. I can yep. promise you that. That was but a, they've always been left. That was a nice, uh, nice performance. There. I nice love it. Park. I love it. It was fun to see. And when they won their their game on Friday, you you could see the excitement, <laughs> which very makes excited. the tournament a lot of fun. So yep. glad we ended the pumpkin on a high note there. That I think was, the pumpkin ended on a high note. The pumpkin's always one too. of my favorite events. It's good. It's really good. All right. Uh, Speaking of our sponsor, we've named a couple already kids that we are uh, breakaway kids, including Jamison Priest, who's a uh, a breakaway student, uh, and very. Uh, I'll sort of describe Jamison. 
He spent a lot of time around the pumpkin, reading the names on the list and oh, seeing yeah. the history and seeing the names on that pumpkin. It's fun to see, you know, the the NHL player. Uh, someone says there's more yeah. than one. I don't think there is, but yes, there's there lots is. of there's lots of uh, Division One players on that pumpkin. There's more than one there's NHL. More than player? one NHL player on there on the list. Sammy Walker play in the pumpkin. Nope. So Faber. Yep, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm sure so. if we went back, we'd find I don't think so. Just the names on the winning plaque teams, I don't think so. Okay. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Breakaway Academy. Um, what are the three pillars? Athletics, academics, and character. All right. Um, what do we want to talk about Breakaway today? I, I had so much content now after watching this list of 49, 49 players. players. 49 players in the Big Pumpkin. Thank you to Jess Martin over at the school of putting together this list of players. Um, it's fantastic. Our first uh, student of the week is coming out soon. Um, should, I, should I break it now? Who's going to be student of the week? <sighs> no, I think you should let it. Let it let it be its own entity. Let it be its own. Okay. Let it be its right. own entity. All right. Um, I, it's fun to read this list. And here's one. There's a name like Josh. Is it you guys pronounce it Stucky, right? Stucky. From, Stucky from Stucky. from Wyzetta. He's a student at the school. Uh, tons of uh, Edina kids. But the one that really jumped out at me is Chaska Chan has <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players. Yep. At, you know. Crazy. I was talking to Andy Brink at the Pumpkin because he's the head coach for Minnetonka. And I'm like, what is it like on Fridays at your school? Do you like give it's half totally the staff empty. off? It's like, totally empty. It's got to be. It's got to be. And it's not just our tournament, it's other tournaments as well. But and this one was crazy because it was out of town. So well, they had 49 less students, seventh and eighth graders. So 11, seventh graders. 11 Stormhawks on this list. You know what that tells me? 11 families who enjoy small class sizes, hands-on instruction, and something different from your typical public or parochial school. Speaking of Chaska Chan, it was fun to see Jimmy McCusker back with a coaching hat on, wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, I ran into Jimmy on Saturday night after all was said and done. We were all staying at the same hotel. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, man. He, he fits peewee hockey pretty well. I think he does. I he think he's going to do a great job well. with those guys. He's going to coach them up, and they'll be... It's a really young team. A lot of those names we really see on here team. were on that uh, that spectacular championship team last year. So watch out. They are going to get good by the end of the year. They won't be first years any longer once it hits January 1st. Once you get past Valentine's team. Day, no first years yep. anymore. No, I agree with you on that one. All right, um, let's talk a little Blue Ox brackets. They came out yesterday, did my research, um, and I got. I think I got them close to right, especially after reading the Stillwater roster. What was the the question you had for me before the show about, about uh, has anyone done it? I no? was wondering if any association had won the Big Pumpkin and won the Blue Ox in the same year. Uh, no, we we literally took the trophies out, compared. We never got pulled off. It never did, which is surprising considering those Osseo Mabel Grove teams or the Hermantown squad. Yeah, but the Hermantown, the run with the Plant Brothers, when they won the, the pumpkin in 17, there was not uh, – I'm not sure how good the other the grades above them were in, in the Blue Ox. Mm. But uh, 
Yeah, Maple Grove had a chance. Now Stillwater has a chance as the two seed and a really, really good roster of players. That's a nice team. That's a right good there. team. That should be that should be a fun one to watch. Uh, a lot of other good teams that will scrap the team that I, you know, uh, they did they they've suffered some losses early in the year, but I still think <laughs> Grand Forks. I look at that roster. I mean, it's I think there's like ten or eleven kids that are in the Bantam Elite League minors and majors. That's really good. They were really young last year. Most of their guys were first years last year, even on that top team. Yeah. So they've got an experienced group this season. I like I like Grand Forks as a six seed. Um, we'll, we'll get into a full preview next week, but yep. uh, it's going to be fun to have. Do you want to tell everybody who the number one overall seed oh, is? Oh, uh, Moorhead is the number one seed. They're the <laughs> two-time defending champs. champs. Two years ago, they won state. And all returners return. Uh, this team is a wagon. Uh, yep. Really good team. Uh, we'll have a couple uh, dignitaries on the scouting side. Brian Murphy from Neutral Zone will make a return trip. And I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I'm going to go with Nyes. David Nyes, N-I-E-S, from the National Development Program. This will be the, I believe, like the sixth or seventh straight year the National Development Program has come to the blocks. Um so for those uh, coaches out there listening, uh, those uh, managers at youth associations, you want to get your kids in front of the National Development Program and Neutral Zone, bring your teams to the Blue Ox. It's Brian a good spot and, to be. Brian and David, you can get a program for free. Yep, we will give free programs. <laughs> you got to pay for your second one if you lose the first, but you get the first one you get for free. Free programs, and and more than welcome to sit down with these two knuckleheads, Peter and I, and ask us about players what they should watch. We'd be happy to uh, give you a list or two of we kids did that, that want to watch. Year with, yeah, uh, I've done it every Brian. year. I sit down every year, and in fact, when uh, our our boy Bryn Chizik uh, comes up, he comes every year to the Blue Ox. I sit down with him too, and. Point them out. We actually do a nice job of getting the birth years. So these scouts from the USHL teams and NTDP and Nutrizone, uh, we we're more than happy to get them pointed in the right direction so they can observe these players and get them some exposure. Did you notice the hats we're wearing today, Kayla, Joe? We are wearing West St. Paul hats, and that is not an accident. These are gifts from our good friend Casey Weimer at Map South. Um, I'm not sure he calls us good friend, but we we he, okay. We hold on. I got a bone to pick with Casey here. Ooh, He's ignored oh, my yes. last two text yeah, messages call him and out. my last voicemail. Out. Yeah, yeah, that's what people do from West St. Paul. They, they don't ignore voicemails. But thankfully, the people from Map South will get back to you if you're interested in participating in your in your program, and they'll also train your son or daughter on how to become a better athlete, a better hockey player. Uh, and a better person. So if you're looking for a place to train in the off season, doesn't matter really the age, they have some, they have an offering for you over at Map South all the way through the pros. And considering that my youth association doesn't exist anymore, this is probably the closest I'm going to get. I guess eh, St. Paul Capitals might be closer, but you're Como guy. I know. Isn't isn't Johnson closer? Johnson has coalesced with Tartan yeah. to form the Isn't East Coast Stars. You live in the Como Park now? I live in Como Park. closer to Johnson? Or is Highland Honestly, closer? Honestly, Highland is closer technically. Okay. All right. 
Depends on which route you take. When I think of where you live, I think of Roseville. I don't think of mm. I don't think of anything other than Roseville. I can You're so see, close to Roseville. I can see Como Park High School from my back. Okay, because when I go to into in the Como Park area or, or go over to a little bit further over to Aldrich, I think of that as kind of more of a Roseville Maplewood. Area. Yeah, Maplewood and Roseville. Aldrich area. is technically in Maplewood. I think White Bear no, Avenue is the dividing. No, it's not. Line. No, it's not. White Bear's the di- White Bear Avenue is the dividing line really? between. I think it is. I I believe you, but I I thought for sure that it was in St. Paul. No big whatever. Deal. No big deal. Well, anyway, uh, check out MapSouthHockey.com if you're looking to get your son or daughter into some great off-season training. Bless you, Kayla. Bless Joe. you, Kayla. All right, uh, since we're a little short on hockey-related games, which we won't be for the rest of the year, um, we came up with a couple topics on penalties. Uh, Since I'm a uh, registered USA Hockey official, I can be an expert. Uh, I did get my first assignment. When is it? Uh, December 17th. I don't remember where it is. I have two assignments, and are you ready for this? Squirt C's. Yep. Peewee, no, U12B2, and Squirt B2. Which U12B2 teams? I don't remember. I could pull it. Would you like me really to pull it up for you? I I do, actually, because one of my cousin's daughters is playing in the Wyzetta Association, and she's on the U12B2. I don't have my Arbiter account up. I'll see if I can pull it up really quick. We've uh, Robin Cook and I have already discussed that we're going to be at your first game, and we are going to make your life miserable. No. Worse. (laughs) What are you going to do? Oh, here we go. Here we go. I have Minnetonka black and Minnetonka blue at the nice. squirt C level. And then I have following that I have Minnetonka and Shakopee at the U12 B2 level. Wow. And then in my next assignment, I have Chaska Chan purple gold in squirt B2. And then I have Chaska Chan purple gold in squirt C. That's right. my first four games. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to throw a dollar bill at you after the game. I, hey, I didn't deserve that. I wouldn't deserve that. I'm going to get caught on live barn that running towards great. the tunnel. That would be fantastic. All right, so let's talk some officiating stuff, uh, not refs in general. Uh, let's talk about some penalties. You are not a fan of the minute 30 penalty in a 14-minute game. I am not a fan of the minute 30. I'm even less of a fan of the 60-second penalty in oh, a 12-minute period. Awful. Why bother calling it at that point? It's like what? And, and the ire it causes fans when there's a penalty call I'm like it's going to be over before you even get the puck set up well even when you got to clear the zone one time not necessarily ice it but just clear the zone one time and the penalty is basically over i was talking to some of the penalty box folks and they were like we can't get the time up on the board and announce the penalty before it's almost totally run off so i'm not a huge fan of the minute 30 penalty. i'm not I've really grown to dislike it more than I thought I was going to dislike it. It, it seems like the team can't even get set up yeah. on the power play. It's, you know, well, it, gets, it keeps kids on the ice and not in the penalty box. Don't get a penalty. I suppose that's the purpose of the rule, right? I'm assuming that's the purpose of the rule. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the kid who who gets penalized, if he's their superstar, he's going right back out. Right back 30. out on the ice. 
You know what I mean? He's going right. It doesn't. They're they're really making up a rule for for not. It's not really stopping anything. I yeah. don't think. I, I think it's kind of a waste. Just go back to two minute minors. It's so much easier for everybody. That extra thirty seconds is not going to make or break somebody's no, hockey development. I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. Uh, you are not a fan of automatic offsides. No, I'm Peter. not. This I is prefer- your forum. I prefer tag up offsides. It seems like USA Hockey is always stressing creativity and puck management and yada and yada da 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 da. da. Well, okay, how much development is going on if we're blowing the whistle as soon as you're offsides? All right, I firmly disagree, and I'm in the major, major, major minority here on this one, big time minority. because I think when the puck comes into the neutral zone, instead of the defender just slapping it in and waiting for their players to come back out and get on sides, that defenseman is actually required to develop his skating skills and turn back, stick handle the puck, and make a play. That is why I like automatic offsides. But you're not developing your brain to think about my guys are offside. Yeah. Yeah, you are. No, I I don't believe you. I think you are. I think it's fantastic. I hate automatic offsides. I'm not going to like it as a referee, I'll tell you that. Mm. When they shove, they... Th- I've never uh, seen you on skates before. In. I'm not convinced you can skate. I was skating this morning, in fact, over at Bloomington Ice Garden. No, I've been skating once a week uh, since July. You gonna come play, are you going to come play with us tonight? No, I'm not. Roseville Ice Arena? Mm-mm. 10 no, p.m.? No interest. Oh, no, definitely not. From 10 to 11, 15? Definitely not. Grandpa will be in way in bed by then our goalie's 75 years old and has two new hips what's your excuse for him good for him all right so we disagree on automatic offsides yes we do uh maybe we can agree but we agreed on minute 30 penalties um icing on the power play or on the penalty kill Mm -hmm. so let's just this is like the third year or the second year here's my deal i love the rule oddly enough believe it or not i love the rule what I don't like the rule for, I don't like it for at, on the USA Hockey. I don't like it for U16 and U18s. I kind of like it for Bantams and below. Uh, but I heard that the uh, USA rule that they moved to 16 and the 18s as well, the icing and maybe even yeah. the automatic offsides. I'm not sure that, about the automatic offsides. Not a fan of that. But um, I don't mind it at Bantams. Bantam kids are smart. They They know how to flip the puck off the glass. They know how to make that play. I love the rule because the players are forced to actually think when they are shorthanded versus just firing it down. Yeah. I Peter al- Rodney. I also agree with that one. I didn't like it at first, but it's certainly grown on me because I've seen kids be more creative and slow down a little bit instead of just hammering the puck out of the zone. I think Bantams should be able to ice it on the penalty kill because I want Bantams to be most prepared for high school hockey the next year. I, I totally agree. Could you imagine if somehow USA Hockey took over high school hockey in Minnesota and they were not able to do that? That would be frustrating. That yeah, would be incredibly frustrating. frustrating. I would be. I, was, against, I also think that I would hate the, the. I would hate it for sixteen and above. I would. I, would I also it. think that at the Bantam level and above, the players are fast enough to retrieve the puck without losing a ton of with the puck time, you know, that yeah. whole development angle. Whereas PUEs, if you dump the puck out of the zone, it takes 25 seconds to go, go get, get it. it. Yeah. With Bantams, it takes 10 seconds to go get the puck. I, I agree. I kind of like it for Bantams. Isn't it kind of weird, though, when you're watching a a group of good Bantams? Let's just say you're watching Shattuck play Mount St. Charles or the top, you know, teams play in the, in the state tournament or in regions. Isn't it funny to watch them 
you can tell it, it, it. I get this feeling that they're like, okay, now I'm going to do the bank shot or do the creative play. And, and you could tell that they're like, yeah, but we really know this isn't really how hockey's played. Don't you get that sense? I think some coaches also ignore it. Yeah. They just, just tell ice like, it. Who you, cares? We'll get a whistle. If Who they cares? know they're at a talent disadvantage, just I, whatever. Just ice we'll it. Say we'll take the whistle. That's fine. Just ice it. Who cares? We'll live to fight another day. Yeah. Because they I, know. I mean, I don't mind the rule for peewees and below. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll agree with that. Uh, we don't. We don't agree on everything, but we definitely agree that it was a great weekend down in Rochester, Woo. and we're like 10 days away from another great weekend in Moorhead. We leave in eight days. We leave in eight days. I'm excited for the Three and a half hours. Tune in next Tuesday. We will record the Big Pumpkin preview, and we'll pick our winners. Dark Blue Ox preview. Players to watch. Blue Ox I say preview. pumpkin? Sorry. Yeah, did. Get that pumpkin off your head, Pumpkin is gone. Well, for uh, Kayla non-inviting Franz uh, and Peter Odney, I'm Tony Scott. Thanks for tuning into this week's show. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like me.